podcast is sponsored by Generation Records, located at 210 Thompson Street here in the West Village, which we are sitting in right now, Mr. Rancid. Um, go to generationrecords.com and you can get anything online that you can get at the brick and mortar spot if you're not in the New York City area. Go to Generation Records on Instagram and give them a follow there. Um, this podcast is also sponsored by New Republic Printing. Um, go to newrepublicprinting.net. Um, there's no screen fees. There's I no setup fees. I like that shit. Great. Would you do it? No. You can't tell me your name, though, if you do it. Yeah, no, nothing personal, man. I'm not going to that. Sorry. But that's a great idea. It's a wonderful idea. If you find the right person. Awesome. It's a great idea. Maybe you can find me the right person. <laughs> okay. So, this podcast is also sponsored by New... It's going to be one of those episodes. By New Republic Printing. Go to newrepublicprinting.com. Look at this. And uh, follow them on Instagram, at New Republic Printing. Um, like I was saying before, before Ron decided to ask a uh, a customer slash tourist here to sit on his lap. Um, yeah, customers only pay. This fucking guy's just eyeballing shit. And, uh... Right? You can, uh... Of course. Take your time. <laughs> And if, if you change your mind, you can sit on my lap. <laughs> there's no screen fees. There's no setup fees. So shout out to Steve McCarthy. Um, they're awesome. I highly recommend them. And, uh, yeah, so with that, um, this is episode 147 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. And I'm sitting here with the ever-controversial, <laughs> the, the founding member and the singer slash frontman of first wave New York hardcore band The Nihilistics. You can't call me a singer because I have no fucking talent. Well, you know what I mean. You yell at people Even through when microphones. when we started, there was absolutely no talent. Well, you know what I mean. That's why I threw in frontman. I don't know if you want to yeah, say that yeah, either, yeah. but, you fuck, know. Fuck, fuck, is good. I like to fuck. We all like to fuck, but... <laughs> the whole it's going to be one of them episodes. Is, you know, the whole fucking thing is... Strap why, in, kids. You know, why I became this... You know why I'm the singer? Why are you the singer? Because I had no money. Right? Okay. Bass player had $30 to buy a bass. Guitarist right. had a guitar. Drummer had drums. I had no money to, to buy an instrument, use an instrument. I have no training whatsoever. So I ended up stealing a microphone. Okay. I became the singer. Oh, oh you just so took it by the reins like that. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was easy. All right. It was easy. All right. And so, now I know, I know that you hate the quote-unquote stupid interview questions. I know that. And I don't typically... Do interviews. No, but if you want to ask anything, ask ask anything. Right now, the only reason the only reason why I'm I can asking answer this. truthfully and sorry to interrupt as long as the statute of limitations have run out. <laughs> okay, um, the only reason why I'm asking this is because there are guaranteed some people that do listen to this that are not really too familiar with the nihilistics. It's just and it, rightfully so. Uh, <laughs> why would they even? 
Why would they familiarize themselves with it? Well, listen, a lot of the, the whole base of the podcast is basically hardcore people, mostly. Oh, it's like an educational process, too. I don't know about educational process. Uh, if people were learning things from me, I don't know what to tell you. But, so. Well, collectively, they can learn a lot from us. Right, they can. <laughs> I don't know what, but I guess we'll find out. I know what. Yeah? Oh, yeah. All right, so let's, first of all, let's go through early days of the Nihilistics, and then we'll just go off the rails and fucking go bananas. I mean, early days, the band started playing in 1979. Uh, tried to get shows in Manhattan to no avail. Why not? Uh, I mean, what was around? Max's Kansas City, Great Gills yeah, Leaves. Max, and, yeah, Max's, you know, eventually had us. Uh, Peter was really good, and he, Peter paid all the bands. Great guy. Okay. Uh, a lot of good venues, uh, not venues, but shows there. Uh Really stand-up guy. Gave everybody a chance, no matter what. And we played the last three nights of Max's. Oh, really? It was opened, yeah. And we historically, we do things like that. I mean, I don't know you if You just it's shut a, places if, down. Right, right, right. It could be... A, <laughs> we've shut many places down, but it could be like a curse or something like that. For example, people don't like it when I put my arm around them. Why? Why? There's so many pictures of people that I've put my arm around, and it's this arm around them uh -huh. and they're dead no shit yeah and if you look at uh how it started out one guy just like posted some shit online isn't it weird that when ron puts his right arm around you you die and he posted the back of our album cover okay uh, i think it was fuck the human or yeah fuck the human race that album right and quality quality title dead. Yeah, so, you know, it just went on where other people started posting, saying, look, Ron's right arm is around them. He's dead. Da, da, da. No shit. But Ron has been trying, but I can't fucking reach myself to put my own arm around myself. <laughs> Hopefully it would be my demise. Right. But, uh, again, we started playing in 79. Actually had an audition. Really? For CBGBs. Really? Talk so H Hilly Crystal was on that kind Talk of shit, about huh? humiliation. <laughs> I had a... Well, I never addition, heard of that. Yeah, addition for for Hilly and his wife. Uh-huh. You know? Did you put your arm around Hilly? <laughs> Come to think of it, yes. Yeah. See? Hey, rest, rest in peace, Hilly but Crystal. Hilly, it's only jokes, a, people. Hilly I had a love-hate relationship with. I mean, uh, you know... I started hanging out at CB's probably when I was, like, 15. And that was before hardcore. That was, like, when punk was happening. Yeah. And, you she know... She must have seen wife, some legendary shows there. Oh, yeah, no, I saw a lot of good shows. Yeah. Like, like, in hindsight, like, obviously, you right, probably right, really right. weren't realizing what you were seeing at and the time. Yeah, it, w it was something, you know, someplace I can go to, you know, that was, like, 75, 76, uh, where they were playing music that I kind of, like... <laughs> I wouldn't say gravitated to, but, you know, it wasn't that album-oriented rock that was escapism, meaningless, my girlfriend this, my girl, I'm going to be, the, you know, all of that bullshit. Right. What I looked for was anger and fucking hatred, even though it really didn't exist. And, you know, even trying to play in bands and things at that time, you, you really couldn't find bandmates because they weren't on that, that level or that of that mindset. So it was really hard to get something going. So I, I ended up at CBGB's one time, and it was okay. You know, the Ramones, I 
they were cool, but that anger wasn't there. Right, it was A wasn't. lot of the other bands, the Very anger happy wasn't music. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't fit in. I, I stood in the corner, and Hilly's wife would always come up to me and say, did you have your two drinks, two-drink minimum here? Be, 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 be. Go to the bar. Go to the bar. Oh, it was shit. fucking great at yeah. 15, 16 years old, you know. Sure. Just being told to go to the bar and have a drink. Yeah. So, you know. 75, 75. Yeah, that's was, how, I was you know. 75. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, you know, it was a different scene. So when I heard, you know, Anarchy in the UK in like 76 for the first time, just the, the, the sound of it, the vocals and everything, you know, even though people today say it's like a boy band or a contrived band to put together band, I don't give a shit because that's what really got me going in that yeah. direction as far as like, wow, somebody else is doing it, so... You know, sure. And then again, the damned released a record before them anyway. So, True. you know, this whole thing of uh, chicken and the egg, what came first? Yeah. It's all bullshit. It mind. is. I don't give everyone a likes to just have the, everyone likes to have their little fucking opinions and their talking yeah. points. Yeah. And, they, and and three quarters of the time, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about anyway. Yeah, no, that's you know, true. They just have that's to throw. True. I agree with opinions. you, hundred percent. Yeah, it's bullshit. So yeah. now, so now, you know, not not to. Disparage what you're doing, but everyone today can be a fucking journalist, even oh, though back I then. I say it all the time. Yeah, back then there was Robert Christopher. What a fucking piece oh, of shit yeah. journalist. I'd, I mean, I'd throw like Hail Marys. Like, I'll reach out to somebody and I'll start off by like, listen, I understand that everybody has a podcast, but you know what? I have one too. It's, it's, it's not like I'm, you know. Reinventing the wheel here. It's, it's what your podcast is about. And right. Listenership. Right. You know, granted, people might not know about the nihilistics or whatever. We might not be there's a, there's a, popular. There's a, we might not be with the in crowd or whatever like that. Who gives a fuck? Who but wants you know to what? be anyway? We've sold tons of fucking records. Right. You know, we're, we're, we're inking a record deal uh, at the end of this week. Okay. You know, back catalog, things moving forward, merchandising and everything like that. So has to be something there. There's something You know, there. I don't look at the... What are you looking at? What are you looking for? Can I help you? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Uh, used used uh, electronic albums? Is to ask a question is $5 first. Uh, you didn't see the sign at the door? I didn't preface it. Huh? You didn't preface that. You didn't, you didn't you preface didn't, with that. You didn't preface your, your question of a monetary. I, I'm half fucking deaf. I don't know. Okay, so I don't have my hearing. Ron's, Ron's talking to random customers here at Generation Records, and see, that's part of the things that I do. It's like anything goes, whatever. You know, no, I'm just trying to help the fucking guy out. He, I know. Look at him. He's all fucked up looking. <laughs> you all right? Are you okay? Why would I not be okay? You ever look at a fucking mirror, man? Come on. <laughs> Are you like trying to riff me for some for some like content of some sort? No, no, no. I don't know what that means. What does it mean? <laughs> no, riff. Riff. What the fuck is riff? It's like a microphone. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. I wish I was dead. I really wish I was dead. You're so shot. I'm telling you. All right. So where were we? We were at rehearsing, or not rehearsing. Doing uh, a uh, an actual. We had to go in in the afternoon, and there was it was a Thursday, <laughs> I recall, and. He said, if you pass the audition, we'll let you play at night. And I'm like, oh, okay. Audition yeah. for what? To see if you were good enough to play that dump? 
I think it's they, one of my favorite I, clubs ever, but you not know, about that it was a rat's nest. I just think through word of mouth from shows on Long Island and things like that, that people just tried to do everything humanly possible to put up roadblocks right. and to have us go away. But that was in 1979, and we're still here, and we're not going away until death steps in. Right. So. All right. We don't give a shit. No, why would you give a shit? Listen. You can't make people, everybody happy. Do what you do whatever you do and let people say. The thing is, I don't want to make anyone happy. Exactly. Singularly and collectively, the the members of the band, we don't care. We don't want to make anyone happy. You know, we're not a form of entertainment. People might look at us and like, wow, we entertain them. It's totally opposite. They entertain us. Right. We put out records for ourselves, not anyone else. And I'm not disparaging or, or foregoing any listener. I don't use the term fans. I hate that name, that, that phrase, fans. Listeners. Because people listen, they interpret it the way they want to interpret it, and they embrace it. So it's very simple. Well, they don't embrace it. Well, they don't embrace it, which is beautiful. Even better. Even better. I love hate mail. You know, in the old days, you used to get letters in the mail like crazy, and everyone hated you. Right. You know, so it's a little different now. People hide behind a computer. Of course. You know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they say shit, threaten you. And I'm like, okay, fine. Right. You know, I don't know what you look like. Right. But you know what I look like. Exactly. Tap me on the fucking shoulder. Mm-hmm. When I turn around, punch me in the face. Right. I'm going to fucking take it from there. Right. Very fucking simple. Yeah, it, that usually doesn't happen, though. No, it never happens. No, never happens. It really, it really doesn't. I know one guy that uh, has a podcast also, I believe, you know, was, was saying a few disparaging things. So, you know, I just said, why don't you have me on, my, on your podcast? Right. We can debate the issue. Right. You know? So yeah. It's, it's, I like to debate. I like to yeah. talk. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I'm a fan of debating. Even though I really don't know what the fuck I'm talking about half the time. I don't pretend to know what the fuck I'm talking about half the time. But the whole thing is, all of the time, you don't have to know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I can care less. I just babble. Like I said earlier, if you're trying to learn something from me, I don't know what the fuck. You you don't have your priorities straight, that's for sure. So now, did you wind up auditioning? Yeah, we ended up playing. You and, ended, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So you won Hilly Over. Won Hilly Over, <laughs> you know, and uh, that developed a love-hate relationship. And I remember sitting at the bar that evening, and uh, there was one band that played that night, too, that uh, had to audition, and they they went on to become famous. Who was it? Do you remember? The Contortionists or The Bleeders or something like that. They were like a new wave type band. Okay. You know, so, yeah, they went on to be like, have like a hit record or something. Oh, no shit. But uh, I'm at the bar and Hilly, oh, it was great. He goes, you guys remind me of the Dead Boys. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, boy. And he puts money in my hand, you know. I'm like, oh, fucking guy gave me $100. I open it. It's a dollar bill. Nice. You know? <laughs> Give me a fucking dollar bill. I would just say, yeah, you you keep it. It so, seems like yeah, you need that more than I do. We still have that. It's in a frame, you know, oh, the first show. It was hanging in our studio and everything. So, you know. That's awesome. And then, you know, just it developed a love-hate relationship. Like, we would play, and Hilly's like, well, I, I didn't make any fucking money. So I have two clocks. I have a Miller clock and a Pabst Blue Ribbon clock that was formerly hanging in CB. So maybe one day I'll sell it. Yeah. Oh, so th- so when, when they destroyed the place, you have like a couple well, no, of things? Beforehand. I'm, I'm saying in the oh. late 70s, early 80s, oh, he sorry. had no money. Gotcha. Because I would, t- I would sit and talk to Hilly and say, listen, why don't you buy the fucking building? You know, yeah. instead of us, we would play benefits to pay his rent. Right. And he was like, where am I going to get $200,000 from? Oof. 
right? Um, you think back, back then, $200,000. You know, nothing. Nothing. Dude. Nothing. It would have solved all his problems. Oh. It, it wouldn't have cured his fucking cancer. Right. But it would have solved but a lot of But that place his, maybe would have still been here. Yeah, I think it would have. If I it think would've, it would've. I mean, yeah. the whole rent thing. There was so much that went on within that whole debacle. You know, yeah, so, you, a, know, it, you know, it turned out because we were, you know... Many of the songs very political, very social. Things would be said. There would be fights, near riots, throwing things. I mean, I mean it really got ugly at times. But uh, it, I ended up developing like a love-hate relationship with Hilly, right. if that's the proper terminology. I think on my end it was more hate. But what I used to do was, you know, Hil- Hilly would throw me out and I'd be banned for like a month and then he'd let me back in. Uh-huh. I'd immediately go over to the ice maker and piss in the ice maker. No shit. You know? And Hilly would, would end up walking by, well, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm pissing in the ice maker. You know? Like, what are you going to do? Throw me out? And he wouldn't throw you out and ban you again? No, after him, he wouldn't throw me. He gave up. You know, it was just like... Oh, this is Ron pissing in yeah, the just ice. just Ron pissing in the ice maker. That's know? awesome. Yeah, yeah, so it was funny. So I don't know how many people have tasted my fucking piss. Probably more. I know plenty have tasted may, may, my dick there at CB's. But. Maybe some people that are listening right now have tasted Ron Rance's piss in the ice at a drink at CB's. Yeah, I hope they have. Hey, I hope listen. They have. You know, it's, a little feather in your cap. That, you know something? <laughs> I look at that as a true legacy opposed to helping a fellow human being in time of need. Okay. Drinking my piss, I piss in the ice machine, that's a true legacy. Hey, listen. In my book. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. It's kind of funky, but I'm not mad at that. I find it mildly amusing. No, I find it amusing, yeah, too. I find it amusing, too. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so so you wind up playing, I mean, God only knows what other bands you've played with around the city and shit like that, I mean, especially in those early days. You haven't played with, like, Minor Threat or anything? Or no? I don't think ever with Minor Threat. Okay. Yeah, they would, they would, they would yeah. I, I wasn't a, uh, a, a fan of right. that whole, uh, was it called straight edge? Straight edge. Yeah, straight edge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I always say I like to take a straight edge across their throats, but, you know, again, if I want preaching, if I want nonsensical fucking ideology like that, I go to church. Right. And and have okay. a priest or a preacher or whoever preach to me. Right. And sit there and take that fucking abuse. Right. <laughs> I, need, I need to listen to Ian McKay or all these other... Well, as Henry Straight Rollins edge, would say, Henry Ian, Rollins. Uh, what he would say, he would say, Ian Mackay. Ugh, I hate it. Well, after he got fucked in the ass, probably Henry, <laughs> he started saying Mackay oh, instead God, of McKay. Every time I, hear I don't him know. Say it, I cringe. But yeah, we played with Black Flag. I think it was at my father's place, you know. But again, interaction between us and other bands was somewhat limited. Okay. Uh, I think due to our reputation. Yeah. And again, us. Why bother? Why? Why? I can't. I don't see the value in interacting with anyone. I mean, people might say, oh, but you're sitting here talking to, you know, and, and doing. No, this is totally different. This is like friendship. This is, right. you know, this is uh, it, it, not a soapbox, but it's a platform. Right. Just like our music is a platform. Imagine you play in a band, have no fucking talent. People pay to come see you and you fucking abuse them. You spit on them. You shit on them. You piss on them. Call them everything fucking humanly possible to 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 offend them and you get fucking paid and, and they, they, come, they back. come in like fucking blind sheep blind cattle they and, come back so i, I love back. it i love it yeah it's like perfect example it's like look at like Gigi allen yeah i, I mean 
I wasn't friendly with him. Right. I mean, I, I never met the guy. I was too. I, young. I would put I money in his commissary fund and everything. We sent letters back and forth and things like that. But you know, when I did speak to him, I think his whole thing in reality was that he wanted to be more of a performance yes. artist. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It. It was like like my opinion. It was like, yeah. Was he batshit crazy? Absolutely. But I think a lot of that was gimmick. Yeah, but he went, and then he became he went, the gimmick. Uh, yeah, parody of himself, just like yes. I'm a parody of myself. But I think his was due to substance abuse, heroin, sure. things like that. Yeah, without know. a doubt. I mean, Merle's a great guy. Dino's a great guy. Yeah, all good people, nice yeah. people. You know. Yeah. But then again, we all interact somewhat on a similar level, a similar mindset, so we all get along. Right. I mean. To get along with these straight edge bands and everything like that, I remember they these straight edge bands. I, I don't want to name names. Right. Or bands some of them were really militant, like and some of the, some of them were cool. Oh yeah, and some of these bands are like very popular. Right. And they would come to a nihilistic rehearsal, and we would tell the singer of this particular band he was there with his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and it was the whole thing. Their relationship was no sex, no this, no anything. Right. I'd say, you know what? Do me a favor. Here, here's ten bucks. Go get us a case of beer. At 7-Eleven. So he'd walk a half a mile at 7-Eleven. We'd fuck his girlfriend. Oh, see? So, I mean, you know, it was so funny. Yeah. You know, we'd all bang the shit out of her. Uh Uh-huh. And she wanted the dick. You know, (laughs) she loved the dick, but he didn't want to give it a dick because he's straight edge or whatever. And he went and bought us beer, you know, yeah. and came back. And, you know, he made a whole mockery. Yeah. So that's like an internalized band thing that sure. you love. You know, you love that. So, so many things like that went on with the nihilistics. That's unbelievable. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. Our first single was paid for with maybe about $20 cash. Okay. I was, my uncle had a place called Picarama on 48th Street, a porn place. And I worked there part time. And I mean, the, I used to watch the hookers. Uh, it was <clears throat> across from like the, the old two plus two club. Okay. And uh, when Giuliani shut him down. But, uh, you know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. No, but, it's fine. They go. But, yeah, uh, it's fine. You know, the nihilistic single was, was drugs given, $20. And that's how we recorded our first single. Right. At 171A. I mean, Jerry Williams, you know. Tweaked the knobs on the board. Yeah. Guys from the Dead Boys were there. Steve Bates were there. Uh, Jeff Magnum was there. Tim Sommer, who I give a lot of credit, and Jack Rabbit, uh, you know, with doing hardcore punk. Because then again, there's that difference. There's, there was punk. Yeah. There was hardcore punk. There was hardcore. Yeah. So, you know, I and think now people, it's evolved into something completely different. I mean, is it hardcore? Yeah, but it, the, sonically, it's different. Yeah, and the whole thing, too, nihilistic wise. Every song is different. Right. It's unique. The, the the lyrics still ring true to this day, you know, as far as subject matter. But the thing with us was not only to be different, to be somewhat creative. Right. You know, I don't want to sound artsy-fartsy, but, I mean, playing and seeing. We, we would do a show, and then three bands would open up for us or whatever. They will sound the fucking same. Right. And I'm like, wow, there's this fucking blueprint. There's this template yeah. for hardcore. Cookie cutter. Yeah, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. You know, be original. Yeah. You know, it, that's it why I tell people now. you don't need talent. You don't need good instruments. You don't need anything like that. Even, you know, maybe try to stay in tune or whatever. Right. But just make noise. Mm-hmm. Have a message and make noise. Get yeah. out there. 
Yeah. I mean, like nowadays, it's like, you know, I love all the old school from everybody from like Agnostic Front and all that stuff, of course. But like nowadays, like a lot of the newer bands, there's a few great bands that are coming out. There really are. But I'm going to say, it's not, I can't really say a blanket tip, but there's so many bands that are like, if you put, you could take six bands and you could play a song from each band. It's like, I couldn't tell you who was who. Right. Because right. it's so, it's cookie cutter. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it takes, it takes, nowadays it takes a lot for me to be, to be like, wow, like that's fucking good. You know what I mean? And I would continue to listen. Other than that, it's just like, all right, you could sound like the cookie monster and you have a breakdown and then you have a fast part. What is a, a break- breakdown, by the way? It's, <laughs> I, I hear that. I mean, I've seen people have fucking breakdowns. Right. I've probably had a few myself. Well, you know, it's like, you know, a halfway decently, you know, fast part, and then it'll kind of stop, and then it'll get into the chuggy, slower breakdown part. Oh, so to me, that's like skank? skank? No, no, it's no. It's, <laughs> how do I explain a breakdown, Ron? I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's like the slower, heavier part, the more groovy, bouncy part, maybe. Or if it's like... Oh, like a Black Sabbath ripoff fucking thing. Oh, oh yeah. Well, okay. Oh, now I get it. Now I fucking get it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, really... we're back to originality again. Of okay, yeah. Are. Dig deep in the late 60s, early <laughs> 70s and no, fucking like, spin like... a wreck and copy it and hope Hope to God no one finds out what the right. fuck you're doing. Right. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Well, like like last week, it was the 50-year anniversary of the first ever Black Sabbath record drop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, when I, when I was uh, younger, I, yeah, I listened to Sabbath. Who, who I'd like, believe it or not, was Deep Purple. Okay. I, I just really thought that uh, Ian Gillian, right, he's the singer, his vocals were great, and Blackmore could play a fucking lead guitar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But again, I had no... Or the members of the band, no talent whatsoever. Right. Didn't know how to do anything. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Zero. Nothing. A goose egg. Nothing. Zero. <laughs> I mean, I was the original drummer. Okay. And I found in the garbage a Dr. Tooth drum set. A little kid, Sesame Street, Dr. Tooth paper drum set. That's what we used. No shit. If I was to show you pictures or let you listen to recordings, you're like, holy shit. No shit. You know, this is like crass before crass. Right. You know, it was just <laughs> slamming away and making up words as you go. Right. You know, and, uh, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, did you, I mean, did you ever go on, like, any kind of lengthy tours or anything like that? No, no. Never, Europe? Never. Nothing. Zero. You've never been to Europe? Never. Really? I've, been, I've been to Europe, but not, we never played. You never put as a band. You never went to no, Europe. we we were going to do Rebellion, but they came at us with uh, a figure that uh, you know it was the cost of one plane ticket. So you know the whole thing nihilistics. It's not that we're into the money, right? Even though record companies and everything like that have made a lot of money, right? We do like a fifty-fifty type formula. Okay. Fifty percent covers our expenses. The other fifty percent we give away. Right. Okay. You know, it's, we're not into the money making aspect of it. Right. You know, I mean, this time around with this new record deal, will the yeah advances and things like that, but you know, it's going to be a one stop kind of shop where all the merchandising and everything that we did and people always compared us to Misfits as far as like merchandising logo, this that, and you know, you know, uh, uh, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I never knew that Misfits were a, were a fucking band yeah. until they played Madison Square Garden. Yeah, right. right. Go figure. Yeah, I, th- I always thought they were a fucking t-shirt company. Uh, yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> pretty much. Well, oh, fucking Jerry only hates me. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking hate. I hate. I don't hate him. I love Jerry. 
Do you? Good guy. Yeah. But he don't like you? No, he don't like me, no. No. Well, listen. I never met you personally, but you didn't do nothing wrong to me. I'm not, I'm not, not, yet. I'm not easily affected. Not yet. Say not yet. Not, not yet. You never know. Yeah, you never know. I'll watch my back. You're not putting your well, I, you know, I just did an interview, and people were like, you know, the interview question was about my spikes on one of my jackets. On your jackets, you yeah. You know, uh, about Jerry's spikes and my spike comparison. Oh, and Jesus my answer Christ. was, well... You know, talk about size. Yeah, well, talk about size of spikes. Oh, God. His are bigger, but his are made out of plastic. Mine are made out of stainless steel, not as big. Right. And then I took it a few steps further. I go, if you want to discuss size, what's really important is wallet and penis. Right. Our wallets are probably about the same size. My penis is definitely bigger (laughs) because that was told to me by Jerry's mother (laughs) and his fiance at the time. So now you understand why Jerry doesn't like me. Okay. You know. All right. But no, we go back. It's like a personal kind of thing I'm and sure. everything like I'm that, sure. which I don't even want to fucking bring up anymore. Right. It's probably like more of an inside. Like people probably heard that was like, oh my god, how dare you? But it's probably no, like an inside you know, thing. And Jerry say, probably wouldn't even be mad at. People it. say, Ron, you're racist because you don't like the bad brains, or, or you're this because what? I don't, I don't like the bad brains. I don't like them. Right. Their music is good. Right. 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 I don't like them as people Why? because I know them as people. Okay. So it's totally different. People versus band music. Right. You can like the music. You don't have to like the people. Bad brains? I'll say it right now. Homophobe, sexist, racist. I'll debate any one of them. I've had the conversations with them about this. Okay. Right? They're anti-Semitic. I've had the conversations with them. Right. That's what they are. And you know how I looked at them as they were the Pied Pipers of the hardcore scene? Right. Every fucking kid followed them. When there was so much better stuff in their own backyards in New York, opposed to an imported band from D.C. that were fucking jazz musicians Mm -hmm. and said, you know what, let's try this hardcore shit. So come on, job. We were doing a show and they were there. They wouldn't play with us, so we had a big You never fucking, played with them? No. Okay. We had a big fucking pickle jar. Okay. And I held it up, and this was at CBGB's, and they were in the audience, and I said, jaw is dead. And I smashed the pickle jar. Jaw versus yeah. jaw. Oh, so they boy. really offended. Yeah. 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 You start talking about people's gods and shit, and people get on and up, bro. But so, listen. you know, how I look at it, if you put yourself out there as a public... Tear me down, humiliate me, spit on me. I don't give a shit, right. but expect the same in return. Right. Yeah, uh, so right. I, I don't think that that's in today's scene or whatever, you know. No, no, not at all. You know. That won't fly I, at all. I was asked to do this uh, thing. People that, are probably horrified right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I was asked to do that epic punk thing. I think it was like four nights or four series or something like that. They sent me a beautiful email. They want me involved. We sit down and we talk. Who was it, like a documentary thing? Yeah, John Bovedo, Ziggy Pop. Uh, you know, and it was it was something that was commercially viable. All, all the band, I think Agnostic Front was on there, Harley was on there, okay. Henry Rollins, Ramones, John Lydon, a lot of people were on there. Right. You know, it was a four-part series. So, you know, in, in talking to them, meeting with them, what I think they were aspiring to do was make everything seem like it was a warm, fuzzy, loving, unified environment. Right. And I don't recall that at all. Right. I don't recall that at all. I remember all of these warm, fuzzy people that were on that show went out, ran around, did fag bashing, right. beating up homos and things like that. Yeah. Not that I'm 
homophobic or anything like that, but you know what it is? There was the a truth, lot of that back the in the day. The truth is the truth, and, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, again, okay, religion, whatever it is, I don't give a fuck. Right, me neither. I'll, I'll say what it, how I fucking feel. Say how you feel. All of these kids wanted a fucking bowl of rice or whatever and, and got involved with these fucking Krishnas. Right. Come on, fuck, give me a fucking break. Again, like the Pied Piper playing a fucking flute, and all of these kids are dancing behind these Krishna people, mm-hmm. you know? Talk about squats. Who had to really live in a squat? What street kids were there? Right. If there was a hundred kids, maybe one of them was a fucking street kid. Right. All right? They all lived in squats because they wanted to, and their parents allowed them to. Us, the band... We, working class background, lower work, lower middle class background. We had to work. That's why tours were limited. We were fucking responsible. We had fucking jobs and we played. Right. So, you know, did I hang out in squats? Yeah, I went to squats. But did I live in a squat? No. Would I ever, who would want to live in a fucking squat? I don't think anyone would really want to. Right, I don't so, know. What, so, you, you know, you'll get to. you'll get pushed back. You know, there's going to be a lot of shit. People fuck you, Ron, fuck you, Ron. But you know what? It's the fucking brutal fucking truth. Right. And they know it. They know it. And this is why they, they're going to react in a negative way. Right. Because they know it's the fucking truth. Right. You know, they're all fucking frauds, fakes, and phonies. <laughs> all righty. So what do you do now? Well, oh, hold on. Before we get into that, you just, you just, you just touched on... You know, all the, you know, you're signing a record deal and, you know, back catalog, DVD. Did you say DVD? Merchandising, Merchandising yeah, DVD. Yeah, all yeah. All that stuff. All that stuff. Um, can you divulge any of that information yet or no? You don't want to? No, I don't want to divulge oh, it right now. That's fine. So you have a, you have a whole, a, a new record done or in the works? Oh, yeah, we're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're halfway done with it. You know, but, you know, I remember I was at Dan Soteria years ago and, Public image happened, and uh, they were sitting at a table there, and I was up against the wall just being my miserable self, and and two women came over to me with British accents and said, they'd like you to sit down, talk to them, blah, 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 blah. They have an offer for you, and I'm like, if they want to talk to me, they can come up, and they don't have to send you. So Keith Levine got up, came to me, and I sat down at the table, and they asked me to be the drummer in public image, and I'm like, I don't know how to play the drums. And Lydon was like, well, that's the whole premise. That's oh, the whole shit. thing. We know about the band, this and that. But talking to them, they had a brilliant fucking idea. They wanted to have a very, very low bass tone. Right. As low as possible. And they were talking to gastroenterologists, yeah. right, as far as how to do this. Okay. With the, with the tone of the bass, they wanted to play live. And the tone of the bass would affect people's intestines, colon, or whatever, and make them shit in their pants. No shit. That's but, what Lydon wanted to do. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. I think that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. You know, so they opted after that to play in New York behind the screen because they couldn't possibly make that happen. Right. You know? So it was great. I, things like that are brilliant. Unique. Yeah, definitely unique. For sure. Well, that's good shit. So now, let's let's fast forward. What do you, what do, you do now? What do you mean? What do I do now? Like for a living and shit. I, I'm. Uh, you told me you had a medical background. Well, yeah, I, I was in the death care industry. I was uh, an embalmer. No uh, shit. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, well, I, I got into that from being a morgue attendant in a hospital. How long ago? When, when were you a morgue attendant in a hospital? I started seventy nine. Okay. Maybe maybe seventy eight. 
Okay. And uh, so around the same time as like the nihilistic started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened was I was a security guard in the emergency room. Okay. And it was a part-time job. And again, working class, had to work, had to pay fucking bills, so I would do anything. Sure. So, you know, they, they called me to a meeting and they said, eh, like, you know, it doesn't bother you, the blood, the trauma, this, that. You know, it doesn't, I go, no, nothing bothers me. Right. So they said, would you be interested in being a morgue attendant? And I'm like, well, yeah, why not? You know. What does a morgue attendant actually do? Uh, we, in the hospital, we call it bag and tag. Uh, at that particular time, the nurses' union was negotiating their contract, and they wanted to have that taken out, where they would they would disconnect people from IVs, machines, things like that once they expired. But Oof. they didn't want to actually do the bagging and tagging. It was just a you know just a, a negotiation, a negotiating uh, job function thing. Yeah, that they didn't want to do. So that opened. Uh, a slot. They needed two people. So I said, yeah, I would do it. And I'm like, well, what does it pay? And they said, and, and this is like back then where minimum wage was maybe like $2 and 75 cents. Yeah. And that's what I was making at the time in my other job. And they said it pays $8 and and uh, 12 cents per hour. Oh shit. That's fucking, that's what I said. I, I said, how much? I said, how much? And they said, all right, all right. We'll give you $9.12 an hour. I go, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm talking, his name was Shroff. He was the president of the hospital. And uh, he goes, listen, last thing, $10.12 an hour. So he, they thought when I was like. Are you shitting me? Like, like, like yeah, that was like, end. wow, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. So they gave me $10.12 an hour. That's so that's what brilliant. I did. So, that's you know, beautiful. I did uh, maybe two hours of training. Huh. And uh, what was know, that consisting of? <laughs> uh, Had to pull a plug? No, about an hour of drinking coffee and laughing. Right. To like, you know, I mean, it was a small hospital. It was Massapequa General Hospital. It was an osteopathic hospital. It was maybe 125 rooms. So it was, a, you know, this hospital, you would go there to go two places, either to the fucking graveyard yep. or to a nursing home. Oh, fuck. All right. Okay. So, I mean, the place was eventually closed down due to Medicaid fraud and everything like that, uh, which, of course, had nothing to do with me. Right. But, you know. I embraced the job, and and also I I put a little spin of humor on it. Uh, I think it's with certain things you have to. You know what I mean? Like like something like that grim and death and sickness and all that stuff. Yeah, I think you, you, know ha you have to start cracking jokes. I, or go my whole life, even as a little kid, I loved to break balls. Right. So what I would do is I had a a cart that looked like a laundry cart. Okay. So there was a metal stainless steel pan that you cranked up to the side of the bed. Once you did, you know, you tie it. I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of a process involved. Depressing the lungs, get the air out, uh, sometimes a diaper, uh, secure the hands, the feet. I would be a nice guy and wrap a towel around the head so there wouldn't be any damage uh, right. to the, you know, to the yeah. funeral home to take care of or whatever. Right. But... I, I wouldn't depress the lungs on purpose, and I would go into the elevator, and the majority of the housekeeping staff was Hispanic and did not speak English well or understand, you know, but they knew who I was and what was in that cart. So we would be in the elevator. They would be going down to lunch because the morgue was adjacent to the cafeteria. I would reach underneath and press on the lungs. The air would go through the vocal cords. 
and come out uh, like oh, that. Shit. So I'd be like, holy shit, he's alive. Oh, my God. And they God. would be clawing at the fucking door of the elevator, trying to get the fuck out. And then the president of the hospital, his name was Shoff, would call me down and say, Ron, you can't do that shit. Come on, stop. stop, yeah, stop. Matter, like, yeah, I thought it was fucking funny. Right. Yeah. yeah. Keep people on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was a great job. Yeah. The, morgue, the, the room, uh, not the not the the actual refrigerators, but where I had a little desk and everything like that. And they eventually started doing uh, pathological work and autopsies. That room was 48 degrees. So imagine you just wore a little coat in the summer. Everyone's sweating. You sit there. I can dress in black. I would dress in black. Uh-huh. I didn't have to wear hospital gowns or anything. It was nice. great. But one funny thing, when I was a security guard, they said, ah, someone went home sick. We need you to do patient information for like an hour. You know, that's what people would call and inquire about their loved ones, their condition. Right. You know? So what the fuck did I know? I was young. The phone rings and, yeah, I want to check on my husband, you know, how he's doing and everything. Oh, oh what's the name? They told me the name and I go through the index card file uh-huh. and I go, oh, he's doing great. And she's like, really? Like that, like surprise. And I go, yeah. I go in, in his chart. It says expired. He must have went home. Oh, so expired God. means he died. died. So that's how she found out that her husband died. Oh, Jesus So I Christ. quickly got up from the desk. I didn't say anything to anybody. The other person sat down there, and they ended up getting terminated. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I wouldn't own up to that. But, you know, <laughs> I look back at it, I think it's fucking funny. It's fucking crazy. So, I mean, you know, so many of the songs of the nihilistics were written in the morgue or a cemetery. You know, Mike was a tombstone engraver and a grave digger. No so, shit. I mean... You know, it's it's just, I mean, everyone that's played in the band, and there hasn't been that many personnel changes, but everybody comes from a background. I don't know how we find each other. Just bizarre. Yeah. Totally fucked up. Yeah. Totally and completely fucked up. So did you have to, like, once you did that stuff, did you have to, like, go to school or anything like that in order to be... Well, you know, I went, I I ended up going to, uh, uh, in Manhattan, the Mortuary College, which is now closed. And uh, I ended up working in, you know, some funeral homes and things like that. And, you know, I, I mean, the embalming process takes about, well, the whole process takes about four hours, uh, depending on the actual case. That's why I'm drinking cognac. Yeah, I guess so. Have some more cognac. Yeah, I'm going to need it. Uh-huh. Fuck. So now... Do you have any shows coming up or anything like that? Or? Uh, we have a show. Uh, oh, you seem you seem a little uh, what? Like shocked? I'm not. I'm not shocked at all. I'm not shocked at all. Actually, I think this is. I mean, after doing all these podcasts, interviewing people, and everything like that, I mean, you know. Well, you're definitely you're definitely like you know a, a, a breed apart from from the norm. Really? Come on. Really? Mm-hmm. You don't know? I don't see it that way. No? All right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one thing I must state is that I am not the Long Island serial killer. Okay. Yeah, what's the story with that? And, and, uh, and, you know what it is? What is this Long Island serial Because I, I love true crime. Gilgo Beach, everything like that. It's a, you know, it's a guy that buried X amount of bodies, equidistant from another set of bodies and everything like that. They know who the real guy is. But you know what I do? What? I, I like to fish. Believe it or not, I like to fish. Listen, as a kid, I used to like to throw a little line in the water. 
Yeah, so, I, you know, I would go on a day, go to Pier 10 at Jones Beach or go to Gilgo Surfcast. And, you know, for all the fucking politically correct wankers out there, I would unhook the fish and throw it back in. I don't kill the fucking fish. I, I, I like fish better than fucking humanity. Right. So I, I always catch and release. But there would be some people there that would recognize me and say, hey, you know, nihilistics, this and that. Right. You know, so people started talking, blah, blah, blah. And then Channel 5 News came over, and they were interviewing people about the Long Island serial killer what that was a fisherman. What year is this about? It's got to be 2000, probably 2010, 2011. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that long. Maybe, maybe 12. Okay. You know. And uh, I didn't want to be, you know, involved with it, and I walked away, and I'm, you know, I cast my poll, and I, I just think he's... The, the reporter's like, why don't you want to say anything? It has nothing to do with me. Right. I can I can give two shits. Yeah. You know, I don't give a fuck. Right. It's not of my world. Right. You know, so I started saying things like, it's not of my world, da 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 blah, blah, blah. So now they look at you like you're a bit, a bit of a, a fucking lunatic. Right. Turns out one guy that was with him was a detective. Okay. So now that guy comes over to me, and he's asking me questions, this and that. And I didn't want to bother him. So they, they actually did, like, a complete investigation. Oh, my shit. background and everything like that. So, you know, I'm proud to say, well, I shouldn't say proud, but, you know, I'm not the Long Island serial killer. Right. Did they pull you in for questioning and everything? Oh, yeah. 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 But yeah. I, I, through my attorney. Right. I wouldn't go there, you know, without an attorney. Oh, no and shit. And they submitted a series of questions. And, you know, they wanted to, I mean, the real guy is in jail or dead. Okay. You know, so. But I just think it was it was funny because people would post this, you know, and, you know, I would start playing back saying, yeah, you know, yeah. I wouldn't say it's me, but right. I would reference that. So, you know, yeah, you like you know, to fuck it's with just people. fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fun. That's like your whole M.O. is to fuck with people. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. No, definitely. Without a doubt. A little, little uh. Little shock value there. Well, yeah, people. Well, that's the whole thing about punk and hardcore, and you know, it, it it should have a meaning to it. You know, I just don't understand the entertainment part of it. You know, just own up and say you're a you're a fucking thrash heavy metal band or something like that. Right. You know. Yeah. You know, I I just truly believe in punk and hardcore punk. You know, and and things should have messages. You know, songs about girlfriends and this and that and everything like that. I, I just don't get it. Right. You know, I don't have that mechanism to understand that kind of thing. Right. You know, so. So it is what it is. The nihilistics. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess so. I guess so. So how many full, how many full, Jesus Christ, how many full records do you guys have out now? Well, EPs, I guess, yeah, records. albums, albums and EPs. Well, no, albums and well, CDs. Well, the first EP, the nihilistics, the, 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 the first seven inch was 1982. Correct. Yeah. And you it was recorded probably in 19, late 1980. Okay. Maybe, or beginning of 81. Right. Because it was a whole process, that DIY thing, and, you know, we had to figure out, like, how to release a record. Right. You know, it was, well, yeah, it you was, guys were like, I mean, you guys were fir first wave. I mean, you were yeah, we, we were the first wave. band that actually had a record contract with Brain Eater Records, and the money they made from us, they uh, they ended up signing Queensryche to their heavy metal division, put oh, out no the shit. first Queensryche uh, record. They put out the first uh, Sisters of Mercy record. Really? Yeah, they used to put out a lot of heavy metal bands. Yeah. Uh, and then years later, they would put out G.G. Allen and do things like that. So, you know, 
I remember being called. Uh, I got a letter in the mail that when Brain Eater went belly up, bankrupt, and I went there. It was probably '85, and you know, it's a bankruptcy hearing, and everyone is in pecking order to get some kind of money. Cents right. on the dollar or whatever, and when they said that they documented over eighty thousand of these records being sold, I was like, "Where the fuck is our money?" Yeah, you know, not that we're looking for the money or did it for the money, but I'm just saying what's right is fucking right. You're damn right, yeah. You know, where is our Might fucking be robbed? Money? Like, I'm not in it for the money, but I don't want to be robbed. Yeah. Either. So you know, from that point on, what we did is we got a little bit smarter, and we did uh, manufacturing and distribution deals where we would do the recording, retain full ownership and uh, uh, just give the master do the artwork with the label and they would release it. Right. And then I'd be in Europe, say uh, here and there, UK, Germany, wherever. Doing and, what? Oh, uh, well, vacation, just like, you know, vacation traveling around. Okay. And, and I would see, oh, this album in blue vinyl. No shit. I'm like, oh shit, when did this come out? So I'd go back to the label sit down with them and present them with the record and say, when did this come out? Yeah. And they would go, oh, Ron, we never told you. And I said, no, uh, nobody fucking told you. Oh, we, and they would write a check. Right. You know, so, you know, all record labels and everything like that, you know, if they say they told, they sold 10,000 or 20,000, you know, double, double it, you know, double it. But that's expected. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, you know, part of doing business because it is a business. Right. Record industry, it's an industry. Yeah. And, you know, 90% of... Uh, releases now where music is, you know, digital. Yeah, you know, well, it's, doubt. It's, yeah, it's it's not vinyl, even though vinyl is making a bit of a resurgence. I'm glad about that, though. I like that. Yeah, I know. I like that. Yeah, because you know, you know me, physical. Right, you look at an album, pictures, read liner notes, lyrics, things like that. It's scratch great. and sniffs. Yeah, scratch and sniff. Yeah, yeah, yeah things like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> And I went over well. Yeah. I went over very well. Nice. So now you put out that first one, and then, I mean... Then we recorded another EP that was never released, and then we re-recorded all those songs, 23 songs, on a uh, an album with Brain Eater Records. And uh, at that point, after that, we still dealt with their distribution end, okay. even though the label went bankrupt right. from a business standpoint. Uh, we just thought it was wise to because they were local, and you know, sure, it's easy to get paid. Yeah, you know, or you, right into the office or whatever. I know. It was. I, I remember Jet Distribution in New Jersey. I had to drive to New Jersey. They owed us money for our first. Uh, I mean, the first pressing was one thousand, but in the course of a year, we stopped at about ten thousand of the EPs, and you know. Again, it just became labor-intensive, a pain in the ass. You know, you spend money, get the records, sell them. It, it, you know, it's something that we just did not want to do. Right. And uh, I went there, and, you know, they owed us money. And, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it was around $1,000 maybe. Right. And uh, I, I just went into the office, and uh, they told me who to see. And he's just like, oh, uh you know, I, I, I can't pay you. you got to come back. And I said, no, I drove all the way from Long Island to here in New Jersey. You know, yeah. I expect to get paid. I have all day. I'll sit here and wait. Cut me a check, and it better not fucking bounce. Right. And the guy's looking at me, huh. and he turns his back, and I go, this fucking motherfucker. So back then, the, the typewriters were IBM Selectrics. They weighed a ton. Oh, giant. giant. 
So I picked it up, and he turns to me. He says, oh, so you're going to take that in lieu of payment? And I said, no, I'm going to crush your fucking skull with this if I don't get a check. Right. I got a check. And it cleared. Yeah. And you, know, cleared. So, you know, sometimes you have to be a little... Aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, put your foot down a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Down their throat a little bit. A little bit. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't have to get to that point because people see you mean business, and it doesn't even have to escalate that much. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, here it is, long-term relationship with Brainy to Dutch East and everything like that. Very positive. Uh, have we been screwed over the years? Yeah, but temporarily screwing we always get one, paid one way or another right and again it's not about the money it's the fucking principle it is the principle yeah. i get it so then you put out you put out several records you put out several EPs. yeah so we put out maybe six full-length albums yeah. and at least i think 10 to 13 singles and there's a bunch of bootlegs and everything like oh, that yeah. so you know yeah. So, this so we have quite a catalog. And you have another full length in the works. Full length in the works, yeah. It's fucking great, man. I mean, it's from 1982 with no real breaks. Were there any, like, long gaps? No, I mean, maybe for four years we didn't play shows. But right. we well, always. That's not really in the grand scheme. Yeah, no, no, no. Really I mean, the long. band never officially broke, broke up. Yeah. Uh, members change due to different reasons and everything like that. Sure. But, uh, you know, and it could be, you know, the reasons were from, like, moving out of town to substance abuse that you, you right. just couldn't work together, you know, any longer. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, believe it or not, I hate to say it, but we're a good fucking band, musically. Hey, listen. You know, I keep I keep reading that. I mean, I don't believe it myself, but... I keep reading that, that we're a good band, musically. People show up to your shows. Yeah. And, I mean, Troy, myself, were the original members. Ajax came in in 1985. He's been with us all. He, n I've never seen a guitar player like, like Ajax before. Rhythmly. You know, that's why I look at bands. People might differ from me, but when I start seeing bands with two fucking guitar players, it doesn't make sense to me. You well, know, I, I have this. And one's a lead. But shouldn't that one guitarist be able to do everything? Maybe. I mean, it's well, like... It depends on the band. It's like a woman, right? Oh, God. No, no, no. If a woman's going to suck your dick... Right. Right, and let you fuck her in the ass, it should be great. Right. Mouth and ass should... You're going to have to get a blowjob from one and then go fuck some other broad in the ass? You know, you know a, what I mean? That's a very like, weird analogy, but okay. No, but I, I, you know what it is? People seem to understand sex. Right. So that's why I always throw it out there. Right. That analogy. Yeah, all right. So, I mean, to me, it makes sense. Okay. Have everything done in-house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shit. Because it's labor-intensive. I'm here getting a blowjob from Mary, right, on a it's fucking Monday. And then now I got to run... To fucking uh, Sally on a Wednesday to fuck her in the ass. I mean, it's a, you know, I'm too lazy it for no that sense. shit. Makes no sense. Right. You get it all in one shot. Right. One shot deal. Therefore, just you should just have one guitar player. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Consolidate. No, but Ajax is great. Doug Graves played with a lot of bands. Amazing bassist in Troy. All these years, wonderful. Unbelievable. Good Unbelievable. Shit. You do have a show coming up. Uh, March 7th. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Amityville Music. March 7th is actually the day my mother died in 1982. So I'm thinking with any luck, it might be the day that I die as well. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're going to pull a Glenn Benton? Who's that? 
Uh, oh, well, he's just, he was a singer for, for the death metal band Deicide. Oh, okay. Like, like 20, <laughs> he, said, he said, like, a long time ago, like, on his, like, I don't know, 20th birthday or something like that, he's going to kill himself on stage. Yeah. Never happened. It's yeah. 2020 no, and he's still playing. I know. Yeah. No, I would, I, I would never kill myself. I don't think. I, I mean, I've tried. Have you? Directly and indirectly. Oh, yeah. 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 Directly. Uh, you know, like, I, it's... You so know, it's just another thing at life I failed at. Oh, Jesus. You know, so I take it into stride and I say, well, why bother? Well, you have a very lengthy discography, so you so you won at that point. You know? It's the effort. It's not worth the effort. It's not. I, I'd rather lay in bed and go to sleep. I got you. Uh, yeah. Listen, you know? It, it makes sense. It's like, you know, to kill yourself is like... I mean, I get it. Right. I'm not anti-suicide. I can understand why people would kill themselves, you right. know, the whole escaping a situation or whatever, especially when mental illness is involved. Not that I condone it or whatever, but, uh, you know, we've done songs that that we've we've been sued for, really? you know, years ago. Yeah, it's like, you About know. killing yourself? Yeah, I mean, one song, kill yourself. Uh, well, S.O.D. One, has a song, you, I mean, yourself. It's one of their But I mean, if, if you look at the lyrics... Right. And interpret them. Right. You know, and we're not going to say what the song means. We'll never able ever do that. Right. It's up to the listener to interpret it that way. Right. So if you go out and try to kill yourself. OK, fine. You claim you killed yourself because you listened to one of our songs. We've been sued three or four times. I mean, it's, really? it's uh, majority of them thrown out of court and never even reached court. Right. Because it was just so, you know, and then we started in the early 90s getting these religious organizations from down south. They were primarily Baptists. Uh, if you go online, it's something called uh, Premature Death of Rock Stars. That's their okay. uh, website. And, you know, it's very offensive being called a rock star to begin with. Yeah. But, you know, they list us, Metallica, uh all these other bands, even Elton John, about suicide and this and that. Judas Priest with some kid shooting himself yeah. in the face with Ozzy a shotgun. Osborne, suicide solution. Yeah, that that's stuff. mentioned there, too. Of and course. they would start protesting at shows or call venues and say they were going to do this and going to do that. And the shows would get canceled. So we had to use uh, two professional wrestlers that were like security. So there's okay. pictures of, I mean, these guys were tremendous, okay. you know, that were like our security because not that we were afraid. It's just that we wanted to show that we can push back sure. equally hard, yeah. if not more so, you know, so yeah. that eventually fell to the wayside. I hear you. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a bunch of bullshit, man. It's like, you got to kill yourself because you heard lyrics to a song. Like, the fuck's your problem? Yeah, Obviously, yeah. there's a problem way before that, and that's an age-old fucking discussion and everything. It's been fucking beaten to the ground. But listen, it's, if, if you're gonna off yourself, what am I gonna do about it? No, exactly, exactly. You know, you know it's fucked up. Get, get yourself some help. What the fuck? Well, so you know what? Don't get help and kill yourself. Yeah, either or. Because give us all of, a fucking break. At the, yeah, at the end. Stop of the complaining. Day, right, at the end of the day, I, you know, uh, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. Does that sound cold and crass? Oh, well, but it's the truth. But yeah. that's exactly how life is. Yeah. To me, life is a, it's a fucking horror. Yeah. You know, I, I... No I, one ever said it was going to be fucking easy. It's like, what the fuck? People live in a fantasy world, especially nowadays. You know, it's horrible. Yeah. The whole premise of life, to be born, ripped from the womb or whatever, uh, and an infant, and, and grow up into what? I mean, yeah, the nihilistic song, Life Process, that illustrates it perfectly 
Right. You know, so. Cool beans. You have any last uh, parting words? Anything else you want to tell anybody? Where can they find you? Like on the, are you guys, well, you have the Ron Rancid Nihilistics Instagram page. Do you have yes. a Nihilistics Instagram page or no? Probably. Uh, you don't even know. I, I, I know with Facebook we have that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. But all see, that stuff. Facebook is fun. Oh, Facebook. You know, taking piss at yeah, oh yeah. People really believe in that what they have to say or do or oh, pose yeah. Oh, yeah. as so some trendy. kind of fucking it's, meaning whatsoever, yeah. whether it's political, social, or whatever. None, none whatsoever. It's it's I find it to be it's it's I don't even what the fuck what's the word? It's 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 well, it's a phenomenon. Asinine, social media, no. you know, it's, it's it's asinine. It's it's two weeks ago, everyone's going crazy for three days over one thing, and then that's completely forgotten. So basically, no one's bringing it up again. So basically, at the end of the day, you're full of shit because no one's talking about it. It's forgotten. So you're saying it's very reminiscent of the New York hardcore scene oh, in Jesus many ways, shapes, or forms. It's crazy because it's like it's like what's the flavor of the day, and what are we going to be offended by today? And this, that, and the other thing. Very attractive so, frail line, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's 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 a bunch of bullshit. And people take it way too serious. There's no context in it. Everything, you know, it's words on the screen. And you you talk about interpreting. You know, you could say, hello, how you doing? But it's like, okay, that, now you're going to filter it through your fucking twisted brain and how your mood is. And you're going to interpret how oh, yeah, this person. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all bullshit. That's why, you know, I see some things. Oh, my mom passed away today. and Stop I just, asking for attention. Stop I click, making it I click on that laughy thing, whatever it's called. Yeah. What is it called? It's uh, like the uh, laugh emoji thing. Emoji, they call it? Yeah. Okay. But it's, it's like, it's like uh, shit I'm so like, fucking dated. It's like I'm shit so like that. Dated. It's like, stop making it about you. It's like, it's like yeah. there's two things that you're doing right there. You're making it, number one, you're making it about you. Number two, you're asking for sympathy. Coddle me. Tell me you're sorry. And make me feel special. I can't. I, I do none of that. It's, well, they, it's, they'd be better off, I think, sucking our dicks if right. they need comfort. Something. You know? They, they, I guess so. Right? You heard me, right? Do you want to end What's this? What's your name? What's your name? Emily. Come here, Emily. No, hold on. No, I've, never had, I've never had sex with an Emily before. Oh, Come Jesus here. Christ. Ignore him. You want to end this on a, with, with a nihilistic song? She's hot. Oh, Look Jesus at her. Christ. Look at her. What do you want to end this with? Look at those eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking leaking, sitting oh, here leaking. Jesus Christ. What do you want to end this with? My what life. End it with my life. life. Do me a favor. Shoot me. <laughs> you want me to tack on a couple of nihilistic songs? Whatever you want. No, whatever what? you want. Yeah. Uh, you can take an old one, uh, Life's Process. Okay. And... Uh, Jot them down a newer one, I want you to listen to Ajax Lipinski's guitar leads. It's called You're Born, You're Bored. You're Born, You're Bored? Mm-hmm. And then the song that the Misfits wanted to borrow from us, which is called Frankenstein's Monster. You want me to put that on there? Yeah, and I told them to go fuck themselves. Oh, wait, listen. Write a song. Put you, Get two jock brain cells together and write a song. There you go. Again, I never knew they were a band. I always thought they were a t-shirt company. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Ron, thanks for making the trip. Thanks for your time. <laughs> I know we'll never do this again. I can tell no. by your expression. Dude, let, let some episodes go by, and we'll do a part two. I, I'm, I'm down and, for that. Yeah, no, that, after I'll do it. After everything comes out. And, 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 after, and after the record. You, the you're welcome to come to my abode. I live, in a, I live in a gated community. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's called Greenhaven. 
<laughs> oh yeah, nice. Yeah. Very nice gated community. Awesome. Yeah, called Greenhaven. It's a, you know, it's, it's great. Right near Fishkill. Right near you Fishkill. know, so you're welcome. You're welcome to visit. This sounds like a plan. Yeah. I'll come and yeah. visit fucking Ron Rance's humble abode. It's exactly what it is. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks right, a lot, brother. dude. Pleasure. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You, you going the seventh at all, or? I might, depending on if I have my daughter or not. Oh, okay. So right. if I do, if I don't have my daughter, then I'll make it down there. Oh, okay. All if right, not, cool. then you know, priorities. All right, beautiful. My little girl, family first, man. Absolutely. Family Pleasure. First. Pleasure. We're over here Thank now.